0: Hey, Royal Tribe, have you heard of Royal Consciousness? Royal Consciousness is a branding and consulting firm offering services to assist in saving entrepreneurs time and money while increasing productivity, which we all need help with. Real Consciousness focuses on community economics and support through bridging the gap by providing community empowerment and assisting in creating businesses to sustain and increase community infrastructure. You can book design services such as logo designs, business cards, promo videos, or even website designs, and printing is available. I mean, as entrepreneurs, don't we all hate whenever we have to split up services between multiple companies because miscommunication happens so easily? Royal Consciousness also has an online store featuring pure oil incense and body oils. Incense benefits include being a wonderful resource and tool during meditations. It eliminates strong odors. There's no dye and no alcohol involved when they make it. And they do have an Incense Club membership that will get people free shipping as long as they're a member. The website even has a super informative blog that helps new brands get acquainted with some little-known branding information. So they're looking right now for blog writers for topics including business, health and wellness, family, romance, hip-hop. You can get paid residuals or they'll actually buy your articles from you. So you can visit the Royal Consciousness site at www.royalconsciousness.com, and you can use my code Royal Tribe 2021 and save 15% off. Now let's start the show. Welcome back to the Queen X Podcast, the podcast where we discuss ways to live a life with an ash-free mindset. I am your beautifully divine and powerfully feminine host, Autumn Black. You guys have been waiting on this episode in particular for a while now, and I assure you I did not disappoint Today, we're talking about the seven divine feminine archetypes and seven reasons that you absolutely 100% need to know what yours is. I'm not even exactly sure why this episode has taken me so long to come out with. I have had the information, I've had the notes ready for a while now, but I guess divine timing is actually a real actual thing which y'all know I do believe in divine timing but I think the timing is right now so I recently experienced an incredible loss that left me heartbroken completely devastated my beloved mother-in-law passed away and even though we knew that this day was coming Ever since she decided to stop doing her treatment, it still really shook me and hurt me to my core. My mother-in-law was a combination of a few of these archetypes that we're about to get into, and I still haven't decided if she did that just naturally or if she intentionally wanted to tap into each of these different types of uh, divine archetypes. I have been talking your ear off for like years now about feminine energy but I seem to have left out the part where I give you details and examples so today I'm here to correct my mistakes of the past. Once I got a real understanding of what I was made of, how special I actually am, what my superpower is and I just started feeling good and positive about myself, that's when I started challenging myself to really be the person I claimed that I wanted to walk this earth as. So if you hang with me throughout this entire episode, I'm gonna give you the seven divine feminine archetypes and seven reasons why you need to know at least one of the divine feminine archetypes that you resonate with. So let's hop into this episode. So the first feminine archetype that we're gonna talk about is the lover. Women who tend to resonate with the lover are very creative. They love intimacy and sensuality. They are very in-depth communicators, and that can be about feelings and emotions, about mental capacity, about business, about absolutely anything, but they love communication. The lover archetype loves herself and others unconditionally. She is vulnerable, she's sensual, and she's very free-spirited. She captivates life through nature and sex and food and well-being and procreation. Like, she lives a very passionate life. The energy of the lover archetype lives in all of us at different ages. Creatively charged, playful, and confident, she's connected to her sensuality and her emotions. She has a very deep desire to connect with others and have deep intimacy. Like when I tell you that she is full of passion, that is the lover. She has a passion for life also. She's very magnetic and she loves being the center of attention. So she may be a person who um, likes to do things that are caregiving, leading charities, um, volunteer work, something that's expressing love but is very, you know, fulfilling, um, something that she could be have a burning desire for. The lover archetype is connected to wealth and abundance. She attracts these things into her life because this is the energy that she puts out. Her love can be healing, but she can also use her feminine power to get what she wants. So the shadow side to existing and living in the lover, because life is about balance, right? Where there is darkness, there is light. Where there is yin, there is yang. So on the dark side of that... The lover tends to use her sexuality to manipulate people, to control situations. Um, she can attract a lot of drama. She likes to try to, you know, influence in this way and control the outcome of this situation. If you think that you are lacking in some of these um, particular characteristics of the lover or you think that you embody this, this type of character, um, this type of archetype, but you really want to amplify and tap into that more, then you can dance. You can wear clothes that make you feel confident you can get really creative um, by painting by drawing start singing start writing doing anything that's going to um, make your brain jump but also like get your soul fired up indulge in delicious foods experiment and try foods from other places other countries Um, send someone a love letter be the one that ignites the passion take the first move so The sage is a woman always in search of strategy, knowledge, and objectivity. The sage encourages discipline, culture, and goal orientations. She's often competent and practical. The sage takes the form of a mentor or a teacher to the hero and plays a vital role in the hero's journey. Sage women are a wealth of wisdom and knowledge. She is peaceful and sincere. She's introspective and tuned into her intuition. She is secure in who she is and she doesn't compare herself with others. She's a teacher and she shares her wisdom freely. She speaks truth, she knows her power, and she is fully awake. The wise woman has completely embodied her shadow side. She has met her shadow many times. She's learned from her mistakes and has turned her wounds into wisdom. Wisdom can make her an outcast as she's learned from her life experiences but the people around her continue to make the same mistakes over and over. She feels misunderstood and ignored at times and will start to distance herself from other people." So y'all are probably thinking that the sage kind of sounds like a hard ass, right? She can be seen as a know-it-all, sometimes a little bossy, she's not your typical Disney princess idea of damsel in distress, you know what I'm saying? But her ability to embody the matriarch of her environment makes her the queen bee that everyone wants to follow. She influences people through persuasion, seduction, or education because the sage is an educator. Remember we talked about her being a mentor earlier. The goddess Athena might be the strongest representative of a sage that I could possibly think of. The goddess of war, but the strategic aspect of it. Not the like brute, violent, let's get your swords and stab some motherfuckers up. No, she was the one who came, was the brains behind the operation. If you are going to win the war and win the battle, how do we do that? Not just by swinging our axes, but by coming up with a plan. Knowing what our enemy's weakness is. Sage women do very well in corporate life because the logical mindset required in this environment is where they thrive. So the shadow side of being a sage is that you can be very introverted. You have a tendency to feel very lonely and sometimes it feels like you don't belong anywhere because and this is going to sound kind of arrogant egotistical but sometimes it's like I know all of the mistakes and I warn people about the mistakes and now I'm the outcast because I'm not going to follow you down this rabbit hole of mistakes I know better so I have to do better but now I tend to do better by myself and that can be lonely so if you're looking to actually embody the archetype of the sage then put yourself out there and teach others Read about things that interest you and you know further your education. Embrace change. Allow change to come in. Be open to different things. Learn to let go of things that don't serve you because when you're learning and you are constantly growing and developing, you know, that is a, a sign of being a sage because you're growing, you're changing, you're developing, you're gaining more knowledge, learning from your mistakes. A sage is all about wisdom. You can't gain more wisdom if you're not learning from your mistakes. Archetype number three is gonna be the maiden. The maiden is the divine feminine instinct, your profound creativity and the ability to elevate through transformation. Most women go through the earliest phase before you get married, before you step into motherhood, uh, before you make that major move into a a, a life-changing career. Maidens are very compassionate, spiritual, and capable of displaying profound inner strength. A dominant maiden embraces her natural strengths and gets control of her emotional blind spots. She is fresh. She's new to experiences. Her energy holds a very gentle naivety. The maiden is naive and innocent. She is green. (laughs) She has no wisdom of age and experience, but she's very positive and hopeful and optimistic about life. That is that breath of fresh air that we're talking about. On the shadow side of that, the maiden can be obedient like too obedient like almost not thinking for themselves obedient maidens can also be very codependent and people pleasing to the max if you want to embody this archetype get creative do something that's going to move your soul like we talked about earlier i mean do something that is going to move your soul burn your soul make you feel passionate something that's going to get you outside of the box Make a plan and follow that plan. Make conscious choices and choose playful flirting. Anytime and any opportunity that you have to flex your your childlike, you know, um, naive side, do it. Let it out. That's how you're going to embrace that maiden. Play with it a little bit. So number four, we have the huntress. The Huntress sounds pretty much like what you're thinking. She's a free-spirited and independent woman. She enhances her ambition. She's confident and she's always willing to take a risk. The Huntress archetype keeps men on their toes by maintaining her adventurous spirit and emotional self-sufficiency in relationships. The Huntress woman can focus on her goals and not be distracted by others. Her primary goal is her, her independence. Love is fun, it looks nice, it feels good, but that's not the main objective here. And she never allows anyone to think that it is the main objective. You always know in a relationship you come second to the independence. She is constantly on an adventure, pursuing a life of her own. She works hard towards her goals and she mostly achieves them. She's courageous and competitive and very self-assured. She relies on herself and she doesn't need a partner to complete her. She's a natural activist and stands up for what she believes in. She's a protector of others and is at home in nature. She's never seeking to be a romantic partner because she's just too preoccupied saving the world and you know discovering this and inventing this and going to see this that she never thinks about relationships. They just happen to stumble upon her. The shadow side to being a huntress is huntresses tend to avoid vulnerability. Who could possibly foresee that one coming? Huntresses push people away because when I'm independent and I'm doing my own thing and I'm you know worried and focused on me and doing things my way and competing, I don't really have time to be close to people. And because of that, Huntresses can sometimes resent other women so a lot of times those archetypes of other women who don't play well with others and especially are jealous or envious of other women they tend to be the huntress archetype because although they push people away and although they intentionally avoid vulnerability they're also very jealous and insecure that other women don't have that desire to push people away and can get close to people It's kind of like a double-edged sword for them so if you're looking to tap into and embody this divine feminine archetype then you need to start a new adventure put yourself out there take a leap of faith join a challenge go for a hike set some goals and actually go for them like make a plan and go for them find a competition online and join it do it Join a cause, start a foundation, join a foundation, join a board, do something that is going to burn your soul. (laughs) Next up we have the queen. Queen makes a woman feel incomplete without a husband or a partner. She doesn't enjoy being single as her female counterparts. The queen is capable of taking charge both at work and at home. She is attracted to assertive and powerful men and demonstrates loyalty to her spouse. The queen brings social alliances and a taste of luxury into her partner's life. When a man taps into the queen archetype, the world becomes his oyster. The queen is the epitome of the helpmate in the Bible. She embraces her power. She's confident and a natural born leader. She knows her worth. She doesn't tolerate negativity or any type of unhelpful attitude toward her. She is loyal, she is protective, and she's responsible. She can make good decisions for others. The queen knows the importance of investing in herself and looks to surround herself with the best mentors and experts around her. She's one of those people that does not want to be the smartest person in the room. If she's the smartest person in the room, then she feels like she's fucking up. How can I be elevating if I'm the top tier here? She is constantly growing and leveling up. She's on a divine path and is here to make great change. And absolutely nothing will get in her way. On the dark side of that, the queen can be pretty judgmental. She's kind of shallow, really cares about her image. She's easily threatened by other people coming into coming into her kingdom. Um, and because she is constantly on that leveling up, trying to get to the top of, trying to get to the top of whatever it is, you know, whatever her domain is, she has a tendency to be kind of vindictive. So, if you are resonating with the queen archetype, um, just look out for that. If you're looking to embody more of the queen archetype, then start investing in your growth. That means investing in classes and courses, investing in going back to school, investing in your brand or your business, investing in your mental health, investing in your physical health, taking care of yourself, invest in your growth and development. Make big decisions. Don't let other people make big decisions for you. Don't push off making big decisions. So until there's no more options left, and now you're just stuck with what's left over. Don't be afraid to spend money on yourself. Make upgrades, upgrade your car, your tires, your living space, upgrade your bathroom set. Just don't be afraid to make the upgrades that you deserve. And one of the most important things that you can do is call on advisors. Find you a mentor, acknowledge the mentors that you already have in your life. Um, Yeah, but seek out counsel. That is one of the greatest things about kings and queens and people um, that do live a very royal lifestyle that are you know in demand. They always have a council that they talk to when making decisions. A very select few people that you trust that you know make good decisions um, because you want to practice putting yourself in spaces and places with people that make good decisions. So find you some people that you trust, that you see make good decisions and ask them, what would you do in this situation? How do I do X, Y, Z? Number six, the mystic. The mystic portrays a woman's pursuit of inner peace, independence, and the ability to convert a house into a home. Very mushy feeling. She is mindful. She's self-aware. And she avoids situations that compromise her inner peace. Anything that's going to bring negativity, negativity that's going to rock the boat, that's going to make her have to bust out her sage and put somebody out, we don't do that at all. If I have to put you out one time, one and done. The mystic radiates energy that draws people to them. This kind of energy arms her with an alluring sense of mystery and seductive distance. Balancing this energy incorporates intimacy with her emotional range, connects her body, and balances her natural introversion with a heart-centered connection. The wild woman is an awakened, untamed, and fierce soul who challenges the status quo. The mystic is deeply connected to her intuition and is sure of herself and what she wants. She is confident and demands abundance for herself. She enjoys solitude and focuses her energy on her inner fulfillment. Self is very, very important to the mystic, but not in a selfish manner. You know, the mystic understands that The people around me that I care about, the things, the projects, the assignments, the community that I care about can only be as good as me. So I have to focus on me, build me, pour into me, uplift me in order to to give the best for the community. And that is the type of selfishness that I think that we all need to take part in more. So the shadow side, although the wild woman does sound fantastic, on the shadow side of that, the wild woman, aka the mystic, can be very chaotic. She's unpredictable, which is sometimes very self-destructive. And as much fun as it is to be unpredictable, the chaos that comes with that is no fun for anybody. So if you're looking to kind of tap more into the positive sides of being a mystic, um, some things that you can do are to spend more time alone, be with your thoughts, set clear boundaries with the people around you, spend time in the wilderness, be untamed and unpredictable like her, practice speaking your truth with conviction, say it, mean it, and don't apologize for it, know what you stand for, and have no question behind it. Our seventh and final divine feminine archetype is gonna be the mother. The mother is, as we expected, nurturing, protective, and caring. The mother archetype represents maternal instincts and desire to bring forth life. She does provide nurturing space for others as well as warm embraces to those in need of unconditional love and healing. She provides mental, physical, and spiritual sustenance. She can be very stubborn, but she is abundant and she's generous with it. She is bursting with fertility and she has a drive to provide for for all of her loved ones. Not just bursting with fertility, meaning like she got a bunch of kids. When I say bursting with fertility, I mean that she is able to grow anything. She is able to grow faith. She is able to grow corn. She is able to grow businesses. She is able to grow love. She is able to grow uh, stability. She is able to grow unity. She is fertile, okay? Embodying the mother archetype may mean to embrace motherhood and have and nurture children, but it can also mean to create and sustain what you've created, allowing it to blossom. Examples of this are nurturing a new business venture or putting time into a creative project. She is attuned with nature and the natural cycles of the planet. The shadow side of the mother is that she's over giving. Some of that codependency coming out. A lot of, you know, my happiness depends on how well I'm able to give and provide for, um, She can be very controlling, that protectiveness. Sometimes if you don't set boundaries with that protectiveness, it does turn into control. The mother archetype tends to experience a loss of herself. So invested in the people around her, the people that she's caring for, that she loses who she is, what she likes, what she enjoys, what makes her feel good. Because she thinks that I feel good when I do for others. That's that's not true. I mean, it is true, but that's not true. (laughs) If you're looking to embody more of the mother, then you should definitely nurture your loved ones. Be very intentional about showing them how much you care for them. Take care of your home. Um, If you know that you need to do the siding on your house, if you know that you need to pull the weeds in your garden, if you know that you need to unclog the sink in your house, just take care of your home. Do it. Nurture it. Make it feel good. Create something with your hands. Spend time in nature connecting with Mother Nature and learn to be resourceful. Be creative with your mind. Figure it out instead of always calling someone else to do it. What are your resources? What ways can I handle this problem on my own? So as promised, I gave you the seven divine feminine archetypes. Now I'm going to give you seven reasons why you absolutely 100% need to know which one of these archetypes you relate to. Number 1 is identifying your strengths and weaknesses. You need to know yourself better and more thorough than anyone else. Nobody should be able to tell you something about yourself that surprises you. So if you know your archetype, if you know your divine feminine archetype, then you can identify, I just told you, positive things about yourself, negative things about yourself. If you know that you fall into those categories, acknowledging it is the very first way that you can start to unlearn it and teach yourself how to be better. Number two, it helps you to know your why and your purpose. So if you ever feel like you're out here just lollygagging around in life, I don't know where I'm supposed to be going, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. If you listen to this episode and you hear some things that just trigger you in a positive or a negative way. This this information is going to help you figure out where is my divine purpose. This is something that's true about me. This is something I resonate with. How can I take that and utilize that and amplify that? Because this is something that makes me feel good. This is something that's natural to me. So I want to amplify that. I don't want to fight the current. I don't want to go against it. I want to amplify that because that's going to lead me to where my divine purpose is. Number three you stop fighting against the nature of who you are and accept this about yourself if you already know that it's written in your dna it's written in your mental it's written in the science of who you are as an individual why continue to fight why continue to fight against nature why would you continue to go against who you're ultimately supposed to be what you what the stars have written for you number four Once you know what your Divine Feminine Archetype is, then you can grow into these characteristics. Once again, tapping in and honing into what is already naturally there. Stop fighting the current and going against it. You're taking the initiative to be very intentional about utilizing this skill because it comes so natural to you and zhuzhing it up, making it better. Number five knowing your divine feminine archetype is going to help you find romantic partners and platonic relationships that complement your archetype if you do research and you do discovery and you figure out the type of men that are attracted to the lover and why and what type of um, men that the lover is attracted to you're not going to go for the same type of man that the huntress goes for. I mean, unless you have, unless you resonate more with the huntress or you're like, oh, I'm kind of a lover, kind of a huntress, which don't really know how those two could really balance and mesh that well, but somebody out there could resonate with both of those. But what I'm saying is, when you understand yourself better you make better decisions for yourself so if you know that you are a lover you're going to go for men that are going to complement the traits of a lover Number six is recognizing other people's archetypes helps you to know where they're coming from and how you can approach them. So once you have figured out and you've learned how to identify your own archetype, you just, once you get to know people and you see how they interact with other people and deal with situations and, and represent themselves, you kind of get a better understanding and feel for what their archetype is. And so you are in a better mindset of how you can handle these people, how you can deal with them, how you can um, apply to their soft spot, how you can you know just find something to resonate with them and number seven the number seven reason why you need to know what your divine feminine archetype is is because healing comes from the divine feminine but you cannot heal yourself nor the people around you nor the community that you love if you do not know your divine feminine self so acknowledge who your divine feminine self is so that you can amplify and tap into that power And that's it guys. That's all I have for you today. This has been another beautiful episode of the Queen X podcast. If you enjoy this episode, make sure that you guys are going over to the website www.queenxco and that you are signed up for the newsletter. Um, The newsletter is going to be coming out. We have mugs on sale. We have journals on sale. We have uh, the I Am Woman Reflection journals that are still on sale. They are $25 online. But coming soon, my confidence coaching program will be launching the Adjust Your Crown retreats as well as coaching program is coming where all of the things that we've discussed today, we will go more in depth with over the course of a couple days at the retreat and a couple months in the coaching program. All of this is coming to you very, very soon. If you would like to um, have more of these conversations, I have a Facebook group. It is the Queen X Royal Tribe Facebook group. You can send a request to join the group or hit me up at my email, hello at queenx.co, um, with your questions. I can send you a link to the Facebook group so that we can stay in touch. Um, but let me know how you guys enjoyed this episode. I am going to be posting. Of course, on Twitter and on Instagram, I am Queen at QueenXPod. But I'm going to be posting about this episode, and I want you guys to comment and let me know what was your divine feminine archetype that you most related to? Who did you resonate with, and why? Um, yeah, and let's go ahead. Let's start doing some of these activities and these things that we can do to help to amplify our divine feminine power. We all deserve to live a life of joy and purpose and abundance. And the best way to do that is to know thyself, be comfortable with thyself and exist in your own divine power. So I'm going to hop up out of here. Thank you guys so much for enjoying this episode. Like this episode, share it with a friend. Um, If you are listening to this on Apple podcast, please, please, please leave us a review. This helps us to move up in the ratings as well as get this shared to more and more people. um, Let them know what type of podcast that this is and how much they're gonna enjoy it I love you guys so much and I will holler at you later peace